I sympathize and deeply empathize with the students in the Zen stories that I have read. They are so earnest. They are so sincere in their search. They are so certain that there is a secret to be uncovered, a mystery to be revealed. And then their teachers, their masters, their mentors say things like, yeah, go ahead, sit and meditate all you want, but don't expect that to make you a Buddha. Hearing a passionate plea for enlightenment, they ask about breakfast. Did you eat your rice porridge? Well then, go and wash your bowl. And what I especially love about this little episode is how it ends. At that moment, the monk was enlightened. The student was enlightened. Turns out the teacher was not avoiding the question about enlightenment with mundane questions about meals, but addressing the question. In both cases, the teacher responds with a question. What's going on right now? You're looking for the secret to be uncovered, the mystery to be revealed. You're imagining a journey toward enlightenment. And here you are right now ignoring what's actually happening. I do that all the time. I love reading about the Gnostics the Gnostic Gospels, the Gnostic scriptures that grew from the soil of ancient Christianity deemed as heretical by a few church fathers. I'm fascinated by the many different colorful and sometimes just strange stories that are told and the expanded perspective these writings offer regarding how people were impacted by the whole Jesus story and his legacy. But the word Gnosticism comes from the Greek gnosis, which means esoteric or secret knowledge. And the writers of these texts are not shy about highlighting that promise. What is known as the secret book of James begins, you have asked me to send you a secret book revealed to me and Peter by the master, and I could not turn you down. The text goes on to caution against sharing the manuscript too widely as Jesus did not trust even all of the 12 disciples with this information. Another text, the secret book of John, promises the revelation of the mysteries hidden in silence, things that Jesus taught only to his disciple John. And I realized at least early on in my amateur studies of Gnostic texts, that I was, at least in part and perhaps subconsciously motiv motivated by the very possibility of learning secrets, most especially secrets about very important questions like where do we come from, what are we, where are we going? What if there was something here that changed my perception, opened up a new world to me, provided a new kind of guidance for my life? It is tempting to imagine that there are secret truths that once revealed will change my life for the better. That is why self-help books have subtitles like The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle and the secret to love that lasts, 
and one of my favorites, 102-year-old doctor's six secrets to health and happiness at every age. <laughs> Not to mention the self-help phenomenon of about 20 years ago, which was titled simply The Secret. Remember that one? Yeah. It was followed some years later by The Greatest Secret. I don't know if that was a different secret or what. It is tempting to chase these secrets, to look for that special key that unlocks the hidden door to the life I want, that reveals answers to questions I have been carrying, that opens a new understanding, that helps to shape new behavior. But I wonder sometimes, is my problem that I don't know enough about what I should do? When I feel messed up, lost, and or stuck, is it because I need new truths to guide me? Is the question, how then shall I live? A riddle that needs a solution, a puzzle missing a piece, is it really such a mystery? I don't think so. Listen, I would love to think that I that I bring you new truths, that I share secrets each week from the pulpit with the power to change your lives, that I reveal mysteries that were heretofore hidden, but you all know better. <laughs> Our son Jack will sometimes grace my wife Hanji and I with his very funny impressions of me giving a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> He has heard me preach enough times that he captures beautifully, if frighteningly so, the way that I speak, the questions I ask, the handful of themes to which I return again and again. He has recently suggested that we feed my sermons to AI, artificial intelligence, <laughs> so that it could create a rod sermon. I have not yet been brave enough to do that. But along with the hilarity and the humility that comes to me from my son's impressions, there is also the realization that most of what I do here, most of what we do together when we gather for worship is to remind each other of what we already know. That is one of the reasons I am so fond of the reading from the hymnal which says, may we be reminded here of our highest aspirations and inspired to bring our gifts of love and service to the altar of humanity. May we know once again that we are not isolated beings but connected in mystery and miracle to the universe, to this community, and to each other. We come to be reminded to know once again, to again connect with that which we already know. A philosopher named Frederick Schlegel is said to have written, all the great truths are basically trivial, and so we have to find new ways, preferably paradoxical ways, of expressing them in order to keep them from falling into oblivion. <laughs> now, I don't think I would call the great truths trivial, but they can sound very familiar. 
They can even sound sometimes weak. Be kind. Nurture and share compassion. Love one another. Be aware of the present moment. Deepen connections with one another and with all of life. We know what is most important. Though we are sometimes boggled by the state of the world, it is not a mystery why things are the way they are. It is because we have placed greater value on lesser things. Humans have a capacity for profound acts of love and compassionate connection and for enhancing life. Humans also have a capacity to bring death and destruction, dismissing the common humanity we share and inflicting life-shattering pain. Each human carries those capacities. And alas, we have created societies that reward greed and selfishness, that promote war and weapons, that thrive on the delusion that we are isolated beings, isolated communities, isolated countries and continents, isolated from the very earth that gave us birth. It can be hard, heart-wrenchingly sad to witness or to suffer the cruelty that arises from this, but it is not a mystery. We do not need any more information to address it. No great truths, however secret and precious, will make it better. We have the solution to the riddle of human-caused suffering if we act on what we already know to be true. We are connected. Love matters. Sit, meditate, yes, but don't wait on enlightenment. We need you right here in the present. Have you eaten? Great, wash your bowl and be here for the washing. The great truths can sound trivial or they can even sound paradoxical when, when, when we are looking for loftier expressions of hidden mysteries. But this is one of my favorites from Kurt Vonnegut's God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, in which a character who is not at all religious is invited to baptize newborn twins. He sprinkles them with water and says these words. Hello, babies. Welcome to Earth. It's hot in the summer and cold in the winter. It's round and wet and crowded at the outside, babies, you've got about a 100 years here. There's only one rule that I know of, babies. You have got to be kind. There's only one rule. It may sound trivial, but the challenge is in putting kindness, true kindness, into practice. Let's not create mysteries where they don't exist. I know how I should, how I want to, Live. It's the practice I need. The practice with all of you. The real mystery lies in the fact that I am here at all. That I get to share in this thing called existence. The mystery and wonder that was expressed 
in the time for all ages wonder. And that is a mystery that does not need to be solved. It only requires a response. And my response, my highest aspiration for my response to that mystery is that I try and actually be present to enjoy this life and that I do what I can to make sure that others can live free from oppression and violence and hunger and discrimination and that I honor as best I can all to which I am connected. As for any secret knowledge, the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas is not too far away from the Zen masters in saying this. Know what is in front of your face and what is hidden from you will be disclosed to you. For there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. So may it be.